Look at it go! cried William with delight, peering open-mouthed into the radiant blue autumn sky. In high spirits, he set off in pursuit of the bird, never letting it out of his sight. He ran across the big meadow. Suddenly, he tripped over a molehill and fell flat on his belly. He sat up in the grass and examined his palms, wincing. They were scraped raw and burned like fire. Despite his best efforts, tears welled up in William's eyes. He sniffed noisily, blinked for a moment, and then licked the dirt and droplets of blood off his hands before checking his knees. They hurt too, but at least they were not bleeding. And his walled chaucers remained undamaged too. William breathed a sigh of relief. Nobody would find out about his clumsiness and tease him for it. He stood up and rested his weight on his right foot. It hurt more than usual, but he gritted his teeth and took a couple of steps. There was no way he was going to let a sprained ankle get the better of him. Ever since he could walk, he had been doing battle with the malformed foot he had been born with. Determined to pay no further heed to the searing pain, he clapped the dust off his clothes and pulled himself together. Although he did not feel the slightest desire to return to his swordsmith mother's workshop and the chores he loathed, he decided, with a heavy heart, to head home. He looked up again at the place where he had last seen the long, narrow wings and forked tail of the bird he had identified as a red kite. Jesus Maria! he cried. A falcon had attacked the kite, and the two birds were dropping to earth like stones. William set off at a run, forgetting the pain in his ankle. His heart was pounding so hard he could hear the blood rushing through his ears. The frantic beating of the bird's wings was audible from a distance. William stopped and watched, breathless, as they fought fiercely. The falcon that had attacked the kite was almost completely white and exceptionally large. William had never seen one like it, and yet it was certainly a falcon. He could tell by the shape of its nostrils. He looked more closely and gasped in awe. It was so beautiful. The small golden bell on its foot tinkled brightly every time it moved. Slender leather thongs dangled from its legs. It had been trained and must have escaped from its master. William sighed thoughtfully. He had been out and about for a good while that day, but he had not seen a single hunting party. William knew the kite's sharp beak could be dangerous for the rare white falcon, and he ran his hand through his hair anxiously. No one else was going to come to the falcon's aid, so it was up to him to save the magnificent beast. He hesitated for a fraction of a second, then started running. The falcon's beak could injure him too, and even a small scratch could be a death sentence. So he could not simply put himself between the birds. William remembered the knife his mother had made for him a few years before. He was tremendously proud of it. It had brightly coloured wavy lines on the blade and was one of the few presents she had ever given him. William always carried it, guarding it like treasure. Just two days ago, he had given it a thorough sharpening. Rapidly drawing it from its sheath, he seized a fork branch and cut it loose. As he hurried toward the two combatants, he stripped off the leaves. The falcon seemed somewhat weakened now, but it would not release its prey, and the kite fought on dead tired as it was. Slowly, William approached the two birds. 
When he got within reach, he attempted to hold the kite's head to the ground using the forked stick, while trying not to endanger the white falcon. But the kite defended itself fiercely. William sprang back, impressed, and the stick slipped off. If you want to save the falcon, you can't be such a frightened rabbit, he thought, cursing himself. He screwed up his courage, and with his third attempt, managed to catch the kite's head with the forked stick and hold it to the ground. The falcon saw its chance and delivered the coup de grace with a powerful bite to the neck. Once the kite had stopped moving, William threw the stick aside and fell to the ground a short distance away. His hands were damp and shaky, and his heart was racing. He was sorry about the kite, for it too was a marvellous bird. But the